What's going on, man? It's your boy, Jay Holly, and we are back for another episode of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, episode 36. Woo! 36 in the building. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are far too kind. You could have been anywhere in the world, but I am so so glad that you are here with me. I am Jesse Holly, the sports talk equivalent of Braille. People feel me when I speak. You guys know what you got to do. Like, subscribe, hit the notification button, tell a friend to tell a friend, tell a friend to tell a friend, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, at Mr. Fulton Long on all socials, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Fanatic Views. Go like us, subscribe to us, hit the notification. Do all those things, man. Tweet me, text me, send me a pigeon message, whatever it is. Just, just join into the fun of what we're doing here with Unfiltered with Jesse Holly. Man, you guys know how I like to get down. I like to give my motivation at the beginning because, to be honest with you, uh, some of you won't last until the end and that's okay. I'm not for everybody, but before you do decide to leave, make me a promise, make me a promise that you'll listen to three shows for at least about 10 to 15 minutes a piece. And if you don't like me after that, listen to three more shows, keep listening to shows until you figure out a way to like me, right? I'm very, I'm very, I'm very, very likable Sometimes you got to just find the right mix of when I become likable, but I like to give my motivation at the beginning. Uh, so here we go. This one comes from Jeff Van Gundy, coach Jeff Van Gundy. And it's, it's, it's it rings really, 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 really true. And coach Van Gundy said, your habits will either carry you or fail you. Your habits will carry you or fail you. I said the other day, how you, do, how you do anything is how you do everything. The habits that you begin to build, they say that it takes 21 days to formulate a habit. I hope that in those 21 days that you're formulating good habits. Because what ends up happening is in those fight or flight moments, you always revert back to the things that you're normally used to. If you're not normally used to getting up in the morning, if you're not used to having organization, if you're not used to uh, being willing to change a plan on the run, if you're not willing or used to to adapt on the run or to be uh, to be helpful or resourceful, when you get into those moments, you're going to rely on the things that you are comfortable in doing. And if the things that you are comfortable in doing by habit are all bad things, you're going to fail. You're going, your habits have to be the thing that you can really, as they say now, be 10 toes down on. The habits that you create should be good enough that you can stand on business about them. The habits that you have in your life, you create those habits. You have full control over those habits. You have uh, access to those habits. You can kind of have the temperament of how those habits go. If those habits are really good habits, it's because of you. If those habits are poor habits, it's because of you. Funny, Tay and I, we always kind of got to go back and forth. Tay's a night owl. I'm an early riser. So sometimes we're like two ships passing in the night. I know he looks at me like, yeah, I know you want me to get up early in the morning, but I work well at night. And I look at him sometimes and I'm like, yeah, I know you want me to be up all types of night, but I don't work well at night. I work well in the morning. But we've both formed habits for us that at work. Now, what we have to do, we have to continue to work our habits together because we both have two successful habits that work for us. We have to just make them co-mingle for the team, for the betterment of the team. And we do. We work through those things, right? We work through those things. But for your habits, you have to have habits that are willing to carry you in the moments where you need them to carry you. Because you're not always going to be able to, to allow those things or, or, or other outside or ancillary things to be the thing that you depend on. It really comes down to those habits, man. So while it's eating habits, yeah, drinking habits, those of you who might need to drink a little bit less, maybe some more, some more water, <laughs> those type of habits. So there's, a, there's a multitude. Getting to bed on time, getting up on time, being on time, uh, neatness cleansiness, whatever those habits that you need to form, you need to, have an, you need to have an idea of what those habits are. Can they carry you in the time that you need them to carry you, or will they fail you in those moments? That's a question that you have to ask for yourself, but like Coach Sedge, one thing about your habits, they will carry you or 
they will fail you. All right, man, let's get into this thing, man. Cowboys taking on the Panthers this Sunday at 12 noon at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. I'm going to be completely honest with y'all. Like I said last week about the Giants, I'll say the same this week about the Panthers. Not a good football team. Not a good football team. In addition to that, not only are they a, they're not a good football team fully healthy and at full strength, they'll be out their top two corners and C.J. Henderson and, and J.C. Horn, they'll be out with their tight end. Hayden Hurst, all of them have already been, have been designated to be out of this football game. So defensively, which is probably their better side of the football, they'll be down two corners. Offensively, they always tell you the friend of a young, tight, a young quarterback is his tight end. The Panthers and C.J. CJ Stroud, the Panthers and Bryce Young will not have Hayden Hurst into this game. This this game for the Cowboys, straight up and down, it, it, it should be another stat patent game. This should be another game where Dak and Cooks and Lamb and Ferguson and whoever else that they decide they want to get involved in this football game, they should be able to. The Cowboys should be able to maintain a decent running game. I think last week Coach McCarthy got a chance to see what it looks like with Tony Pollard and Rico Daddles sharing the carries in a football game. Contrary to what some of you may believe, a lot of coaches, because it's easy to just give them the, you know, split the carries up, run them together, and all this kind of stuff. But coaches are so habitual, right? That they are creatures of habit. And so for coaches, they sometimes have to go and see it on film. Because you can give them the concept, you can give them the thought process about it, they can even kind of you know see it on paper. But for something about a coach, and you've you've if you've heard enough coaches' interviews, they always talk about you know putting it on film, seeing it on film, wanting to see the play work out on film. It's something about a coach's mental that's connected with their heart and their gut that says, if I see it on film and it looks successful enough, then I, it becomes a part of my rotation. And so for, uh, for the coaches, Mike McCarthy and, and Mike Solari and, and all Brian Schottenheimer and all the offensive coaches, to see what it looks like for Rico, for Tony to kind of have equal carries and both be successful, I think that's one of those things where they, 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 they picture it they think about it, but now when they sit back in their office and they hit the clicker and it, it's, it's visible to them on film, it becomes more real. I, I can't explain it, but you know they always say the eye in the sky don't lie. So they rely a lot on what they see on film. And, and not, not even sometimes when it happens in practice, because practice, you know, you can, you can formulate things in practice. Practices are, are, are very well uh, manufactured. Right, your defensive coordinator gets with your offensive coordinator and says, "All right, what are we looking to improve this week?" And defense is going to run this, and they're going to run that. And now the the script that you get for practice, you know what defense is going with that because you're trying to get looks. Right, very too very off very few times does a OC not know what the defense is going to be. Very few times the defense the defensive coordinator not know what the OC is going to run in practice because it's on a script. The defense the plays are all there for you to run. You're just trying to see things, but when you get in the game. That's so organic. It's so realistic. You can't predict what's going to happen per se, uh, how things are going to be blocked, how things aren't going to be blocked. But when you see it and there's success there, that kind of gives you the, the ability to go back and say, all right, now we can run that. So I think that'll help, uh, help the Cowboys going forward because now what they'll be able to do is that they'll be able to go out there and say, you know what, this looks like a situation that will work. Uh, Mike McCarthy was kind of very coy when asked about in, a, in an interview this week about getting Rico more snaps. And anytime that Mike gets a little bit coy about what he wants to say, or even a little bit snarky or snappy about it, that's, that's a clear indication for him that, yeah, what you're saying might be on the right path, but I don't want to give it too much credence. I don't want to give it too much, um, too much legs uh, because we want to do that in the game. So I think you can see more this week. You'll see more of a split. I think Tony will still start. I think Tony will still get the bulk of the carries. But I think you'll see Tony, uh, excuse me, you'll see Rico Dowdle featured a ton more in this game. Um, for the Cowboys, I think the biggest thing that they have to really worry about um, from the Panthers, it, it is a guy like Brian Burns. They're, 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 
um, their rush edge linebacker. He is one that can create some absolute problems for them defensively. And it's, it's because he is a good player. Absolutely, he's a good player. But right now, Terrence Steele is in this funk. And I personally can't tell you if it's injury, if it's mental, if it's a combination of both, if it's a combination of mentals, uh, injuries, and different techniques that he's being asked to use in this blocking scheme under Mike Solari. But I can tell you this. There is something that is happening at that right tackle position that if it is, if that, if it is not corrected and corrected swiftly, this can cause problems. As the year goes on, because if confidence is crushed or damaged, it doesn't get fixed when it continues to snowball. So there has to have there has to be something good that is allowed to happen to Terrence Steele so that he gets his confidence back. So that he feels like I am I am I am better than what I'm putting on film. Because when he sits down and he watches film, same thing applies. When you're watching film, you're like, boy, that is bad. Then you go out to practice and you just can't find a way to get out of that rut. You can continue to fall into a rut. And, and for this team, yeah, the opponent this week may not be enough to, to, to fully um, cause harm. Well, and I, I, say, that, I, I say that cautiously um, because, you know, you get beat bad enough and, and he hits your quarterback, it can cause damage to your quarterback. I mean, we, we watched the game uh, the other night with Joe Burrow, and, and what happened? There might have been some injuries before that, but he gets hitched by Jadavian Clowney. Next thing you know, he's out for the season. Those type of things can happen. So for Terrence Steele, there, there, needs, to be, um, there needs to be something good that happens for him. And, and maybe you give him some help early on just to allow him to gain some confidence, allow things to kind of get uh, rolling in a good way for him, and, and then, you know, stopping Brian Burns. That is going to be – that has to be – high on the priority list of the offensive line because Brian Burns, if you let him get going, he can wreck a football game for you. But there's nothing that I look at when I see this Carolina Panthers team that worries me enough that says they can beat the Dallas Cowboys. They shouldn't be on the same field as the Dallas Cowboys. To the tune that even their head coach, who's now taking over uh, head coaching duties, Frank Wright, he has had his team this week work on silent count. You know why a team is working on silent count? And it's a home game? Because he feels like there's going to be a huge influx of Dallas Cowboy fans that flood Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina and, and, and make it difficult for the home team. To make it difficult for the home team. And also the Cowboys, the thing that they have to really work on is going on the road. When they're at home, they're a completely different football team than they are on the road. For whatever reason, I mean, I get it. Home, you just like things better at home. But when they get on the road, sometimes it can get a little shaky. So hopefully, coming into this game, the Cowboys will be able to, you know, be able to go out there and finish their food, not go out there and play with their meal. Like the Panthers are not a team that should be anything worth having to go deep in a football game to beat. You shouldn't have to go deep in your bag to beat the Carolina Panthers. There are two things. There are two things that I think we really need to kind of focus on, that we really need to make sure that is done um, in excellence. Because the, I'll say this, the, the Panthers offensively with Bryce, with Bryce Young, where the Cowboys have had issues at defensively, is when they've been made to play assignment, sound, and disciplined football. Now, if you go back and look at, what Bryce Young was at Alabama, he had some a little bit of the RPO in him. He has some elusiveness in him. He has some ability where he can tuck the football and run. The, the place and the time where the Cowboys kind of get a little bit out of whack is when they look at a team and they say, this team is less than us, and then the quarterback is athletic. Go back and watch the Arizona Cardinals game. So this team is going to have to have the discipline early in this football game because Frank Wright, he has nothing to lose this team has nothing to lose. They're going to throw the kitchen sink at you. They're going to try some trickery. Gonna, everything should be alert, 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 because they're going to try some different stuff. They have nothing to lose. They're one and eight. They're going to try everything. So the, uh, And everything also will be that they'll try to run Bryce Young. They'll try to use him and Chuba Hubbard and that RPO action, make you play 11-on-11 man football, see if they can't get him on the edges where he can get some running room. 
And then now, if I got you off balance a little bit and you, you don't know whether I'm going to give the ball, keep the ball, now you have to be at bay just for a tad bit more. So the Cowboys have to make sure that they're, you know, Dan Quinn has always said um, they're, they're, it's a privilege to pass rush. Right, so you got to do your, you got to do your, you got to do your discipline work, your assignment sound work on first and second down, so that when you get to third down, you've you've made it a third and long, and now you can pin your ear backs, can you pin your ear backs and go after the quarterback. So, this defense has to be assignment sound and what they do. But the two things that I think the Cowboys really have to focus in on are this: the first thing is is get rid of this football team for the rest factor. Get rid of this Carolina Panther football team so that in the fourth quarter, guys like Micah Parsons, Dak Prescott, Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, CeeDee Lamb, um, Stephon Gilmore, Tank Lawrence, so those other guys can actually get out of the game and get rest. Because the Cowboys are facing this schedule, this gauntlet of a schedule. They'll play Sunday at noon, then they'll turn right back around Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they'll play another football game. Then they'll have to play another football game in seven days. So you're talking about now playing three football games in a span of 11, like 11, 12, 13 days. That's unheard of. It happens for the Cowboys every year because of how they play this Thanksgiving game. But to do three games, and I don't care who the opponent is. To go out in the football game and to to essentially be in minor car crashes. That's what football is. It's fender benders. It's 60 of them. It's 70 fender benders, especially for the guys on the interior. The running backs, the linemen, offense and defense, the linebackers. Those guys are making this fender bender type contact for 60 to 70 times a game. And I don't know if you've ever been in a fender bender before, but for a regular human being, for you, for, for all, all of you guys out there, if you got into a fender bender and you had to go to the doctor, the doctor said, hey, no physical activities for you for the next three weeks. Well, for these guys, it's no physical activities in the, for four days. And in between there, you have to find a way to practice. So if you can get off your feet and not have to do a fourth quarter of work, Think about that for a second. That's 25 to 30 reps on either side of the ball that a team may have to do in a game. Well, if I can eliminate that, then I eliminate that that, that opportunity for more banging, for more bruising, for more battering, and for the potential of getting hurt. So that's the first thing the Cowboys need to do. Get rid of this football team and allow yourself the opportunity to get some rest heading into next week because you got – you got, you know, the Panthers on Sunday. You have Washington on Thanksgiving game, Thanksgiving Day. And I know some people may say, oh, Washington, I think that's going to be a more competitive game than we give, that we may lead off to be. And then you end with Seattle. And Seattle's going to be a physical football team. They're going to run the football. They're going to play really good defense. So at the end of that, you have a small little bit of a bye uh, because you play on Thursday. And, and then you get back to work and you face Philadelphia again at home. So I think that's the one thing. And then the second thing is, is don't build bad habits on weak opponents. Don't build bad habits on weaker opponents. Don't start doing things, your habits. Don't start building these habits. Don't start building bad habits against what you saw against the Giants. Don't start building bad habits against the Carolina Panthers because what's What's coming down the line is you're going to need to be on clicking on all cylinders to play Washington, to play Seattle, and for sure to play Philadelphia. And if you go back to the Philadelphia game, what beat the Cowboys in the Philadelphia game? It was habits, bad habits, undisciplined football, right? There's moments in that game, and, and, and I don't get into the referee stuff, but there's moments all through that Philadelphia game where there were just habits, bad habits begin to fail the Cowboys, your habits carry you or they fail you. And so you can't look at these two games with the Giants and, and then Carolina and then Washington and begin to build bad habits. Begin to look at things and go, ah, I don't have to go that hard because this team is just bleh. It's hard to turn that switch off and on. When it, it's really hard to turn that switch off and on in a game because sometimes you go to hit that switch, a team gets going, and you go to, uh, you go to hit that switch and it don't come on. And now you're now you're trying to you're trying to chase it. 
You're trying to chase the mistakes that you made and you compound a mistake with a mistake. And now you look up and you're like, uh-oh, I'm in a battle. I'm, I'm in a battle that I shouldn't even be in. So I think they have to just really, really make sure that they're not building bad habits against weaker opponents and then get rid of this football team so that they can get rest because they have a gauntlet of, 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 of games coming up. And rest is paramount. You have some guys on this team that are a little bit longer in the tooth. I know the conversation has kind of been out this week. Uh, uh, you know, a friend of mine, Brian Broaddus, put out uh, a statement about is Micah Parsons wearing down? And boy, I, I sent the Twitterverse in, a, in an uproar. <laughs> I get it, B. You just asked a question. Twitterverse went in the uproar, and they went to, you know, they go to the, the production and all that kind of stuff. But they're, you look at Michael Parsons this time last year, he had one sack through the final six, seven games of the season. You look at the Giants game, you go, I think he had one pressure the entire game. No tackles, no sacks, no assisted tackles, nothing. So I'm not saying that he's slowing down. What I am saying is, though, you want to keep your guys fresh as long as you possibly can, because the Cowboys have to end the season on a kind of a tough, a tough gauntlet. They, they, they do. I mean, you got Philadelphia, then you'll play Buffalo, then you'll play Miami, and then you'll end probably one of the most physical football teams in all of football, the MCDCs, the Motor City Dan Campbell, the Detroit Lions. And just by the way, just a little side note, I know the, and I've packed the bills up. I've packed the bills up. They're packed, all of them. But I know competitors. I know competitors because I've been one my entire life. You know, you, you remember the Michael Jordan last dance? I took that personal type thing. Josh Allen probably had the Cowboys game circled on his calendar for whatever reason. But after the comments of Trayvon Diggs the other night after that game about my, you know, 14 need to get up out of there. You know, he, he didn't really come like that until 14 got there. Don't think. For one second, that the rabbit ears of Josh Allen didn't take those shots personal. Just saying. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. But just put that in your thinking cap for a little bit, and we'll come back to it in a couple weeks when they play the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Josh, Josh wrote that down. That's in, that's in the mental brain for him. And even though Trayvon Diggs isn't playing, he's going to try to go out there and go, I'm like that with or without your brother, and here's why. But I'll pack the bills up anyway. All right, so that's what I got for the Cowboys-Panthers, man. Uh, this should be an easy one. It, it, it really should. We should be able to sit back at halftime. We should see Dak with another 300-yard game and CD continue. I hope he continues this trick. I hope it's four games. I hope, I hope he stretched this thing as long as he can. You'll see some other guys get going, maybe Cooks, maybe someone else. The running game will get going. Defensively, I think that there's abilities to get turnovers there. Um, maybe Micah gets back in the game. I don't know. Sometimes the game just doesn't dictate for you to do those type of things. But you're a hell of a player nonetheless. We'll see what you can do in this game. But this one should be this one should be this one should be a blowout. It, it, it will, and I'll, I'll give my scores um, just in a little bit. But this one should be a blowout for the Cowboys, um, and then they'll get ready for that stretch. They'll get ready for that home stretch where they go out there and they have to play uh, those three games in about 13, 14 days. Whatever it is. All right. All right. Let's get into my NFL picks. Whew. This is going to be a good one, ladies and gentlemen. Some things you're going to like. Some things you're not going to like. The Internet's not coming up right now. So we, we, well, it's coming. It's, 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 yeah, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Shout out to, shout out to Vach and, 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 and my boy Sky. I, I was watching there. Out the other day, and it was like that that whole here we go thing sounds a little different when Dak gets out, and it's like, here we go. And then it's like Cooper Rush gets out, and it's like, you know, here we go. That was pretty funny. That's pretty funny, you two guys watching uh and uh and my boy Sky. All right, uh game was played the other day. Ravens versus the Bengals. Ravens take out the Bengals 34-20, but that's not that's not the, we're not gonna bury the lead in that game. Coming into that game. Reports were said that they saw Joe Burrow had a video getting off the bus with a little splint or some sort of wrap on his hand slash wrist. Wasn't on the injury report. Hmm. Goes into this game and all of a sudden 
He's on the sideline. He gets sacked by Jadavian Clowney. The next play tells the pass, and he's like writhing in pain, holding on to his hand or wrist. Goes to the sideline and is trying to attempt passes. Can't do it. Goes into the locker room. Is evaluated. It's out. Bengals go on to lose that game. The next morning, reports surface. Joe Burrow out for the year. The wrist sprain. So I don't know what was happening, why he was wearing that splint. You know, this is this is the age of everybody's watching. He wasn't on the injury report. He leaves a game and is out for the season with an injury to the same wrist that a lot of folks saw this brace on. That's a violation of NFL rules. If a player, especially a player of that caliber, if it's a Jag like me, they don't care. But if it's your starting franchise quarterback and you're trying to keep and hold some sort of competitive advantage about who's on the injury report and what they're on the injury report about, the league frowns upon that. And I'm sure they're going to be doing some investigation. And I'm, I'm, I'm not a necessarily a betting man, but if I was a betting man, I would have bet a large amount of cheddar that the NFL will be coming down heavy on the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean heavy. I'm talking about maybe somewhere around the lines of half a million dollar fine. Maybe they may even take a late round draft pick. And I know to certain owners and franchises, a half a million dollars is just a half a million dollars. Cool. I ain't got a half a million dollars. It's a lot of money. For something as simple as just putting them on the injury report, and you can put them as probable or questionable or whatever it is, but to not put them on the injury report and then to have that happen, the league doesn't take too kindly to that. You, you, you kind of almost, you know, the, the front office and Roger Goodell and company, they don't like being embarrassed in front of company. They don't. They don't like being embarrassed in front of company. And when you embarrass them in front of company, you kind of almost, you, you, you laugh in their face they, take, they don't take Colin to that. And, and the one way when you're dealing with owners and people who are really, really rich, the one way to get their attention, you take draft stack, st- uh, stock and capital and you tap them pockets. So we'll see. The Bengals are under investigation right now to see if this injury was prior to the game and they did not put Joe Burrow on the injury report. But the Ravens beat them. The Bengals are done for... And, Talk about a sad state of affairs right now. This is why franchise quarterbacking is so important. The Browns are down a quarterback. Ohio's Ohio, you you right now, Ohio, you might be you stricken with the injury bug. Both of your quarterbacks are out for the year. The Bengals and the Browns. And the names that keep coming up for uh work, shout out to RG3, because RG3 gets on his internet. He gets on Michelle Obama's internet and he will he will plug himself. He will plug himself as as someone to get a job, and I respect it. But RG3 name comes up. Joe Flacco name comes up. Cam Newton name comes up. Uh, Ian Book name comes up. Uh, Colin Kaepernick names comes up. There aren't aren't many quarterbacks in the league that that you're looking at right now. Uh, Browning is the the Bengals' backup quarterback. He hadn't played a game in like five years. So – you know, you lose your star quarterback, no, you're screwed. No one plans for the backup. There is no plan for the backup. So uh, Bengals will be looking for a quarterback. Browns will be looking for a veteran quarterback as well. Next game up on the docket, Browns-Steelers. Again, Deshaun Watson out for the year with a chip in his shoulder. Told you guys, maybe you get that massaged out. Maybe he can't. But the Browns, 6-3, and three, really good football team. But now you look at that, you look at that situation, you go, Bengals are done, Browns are done. And there are the fighting Mike Tomlins. No one's talking about them. No one's really paying attention to the fighting Mike Tomlins. 6-3. and 6-3. and AFC is kind of wide open, man. AFC is wide open. You have the Chiefs at the top, of course. Bengals are done. Browns had a little bit of steam, but now they don't have Deshaun Watson. Ravens, they lose their tight end. I I missed that. Mark Andrews is out for the year as well. 
Well, that's going to be a conversation in the offseason of how he got tackled. The hip, they call it the hip drag tackle where you grab and you kind of sit down, the defender sits down as he grabs the hip, out with an ankle injury. That has been, that has been um, um, Action Jackson's favorite receiver for the last five, six years. He's out. So this thing is looking real wide open in the AFC. Steelers-Browns at home for the Browns against the Steelers. I'm taking the fighting Mike Tomlins. He's just finding ways to win. The Chicago Bears. Reports are Justin Herbert will give it a go. I'm sorry, Justin Fields, excuse me, will give it a go this week coming off the injury. I've packed him up already. I've packed Justin. Packed you up, my boy. I am the MCDCs. I'm an honorary fan. I'm an honorary fan of the of the Motor City Dan Campbell. Oh, and by the way, for all you Texas A&M fans who all said, you know what? Let's let's go give out. Let's go give our our, our dude who's, who's an alum, Dan Campbell, alum at Texas A&M. With, with Jimbo Fisher out, let's go see if we can pull him out. And Dan Campbell came out and he said, listen, it's my alma mater. I'm willing to do any and everything I can to help them, except coach them. So Dan's like, I'll, I'll send guys your way. I'll be a good reference. Whatever you need me to do, not coaching. Not coaching y'all. And while the name is great, and you have to do that. If you're, if you're Texas A&M, you have to make Dan Campbell tell you no. You do. You have to offer him money. You have to offer him money, but you, have to, you can't assume anything. You have to make Dan Campbell say, I'm good. I'm good. Nah, I know. Love you guys. Gig them. But I'm good. I'm going to stay right here in the Motor City. It, it's difficult to coach college football. I know friends and have friends that are in the college football game. What Dan Campbell can do in the NFL, he cannot do in college. There, there is a different. Dan Campbell is one of the straight up blue collar guys that's going to give it to you raw and uncut. That's not handled well in college. In the NFL, I draft, I developed, I make trades, I sign free agents, I play football. I pay grown men a whole lot of money to be accountable and to do a job. In college, I got to worry about, are you going to class today? I got to worry about, are you passing that class? I got to worry about 100 athletes on my football team. I got to worry about, are y'all working out? I got to worry about, are you upset this week because your girlfriend cheated on you? I got to worry about, you got arrested because you were speeding. Like All these things, that, that it's a, then I got to go and recruit. I got to get on a little plane. Not a little plane. It's Texas A&M. I got to get on a jet. I got to get on a G5. And I got to go to all these high schools. And I got to kiss the butts of these coaches. I got to kiss the butts of these athletes to get you to come to the university. Now, Texas A&M, a lot of money there. A lot of NIL money there. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Then, I, then after that, I got to go to these booster meetings. And I got to kiss butts for those. Then I got to host a weekly coaching show. And then I got it's a lot to be a college football head coach. I don't think Dan Campbell is cut for that. I think Dan Campbell is cut to be an NFL coach, period. I think that is who he is. I think that is what he's best at. So the Lions take on the Bears in Detroit this weekend. Give me the Lions. I've packed the Bears up. Chargers and Packers. Oh. Okay. Three and six Packers, four and five Chargers. I'll take Herbert. Give me Herbert. It's being Lambeau Field, but 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 Jordan Love. We getting boxes. And tape. Packing you up soon, my boy. Packers, we packing y'all up real soon. Give me the Chargers in that one. This is going to be a good game right here. This is going to be a good game. At Hard Rock Stadium, the Raiders. The Raiders, two-game winning streak. They have the momentum of Antonio Pierce as their head coach after they got that bum, Josh McDaniels, out of the building. They're head down to Miami. Now, if this was a basketball game, I'd tell you from the start, 
they're going to lose. Because anytime you go to Miami as a basketball team, you got a little bit more time than you do at football. See, what y'all don't know about NBA basketball, a lot of these jokers, man, they be partying in every city. And Miami is the city of all cities to go out there. Miami, Houston, L.A. There's certain cities that Dallas, they get down. But the Raiders head to Miami, a 500 team. And this year, the Dolphins have pretty much beat up on anyone that's 500 or less. This is going to be a good game. My heart wants me to go with the Raiders. I like their energy, their, their mojo they got going right now. But I think at home, even or subpar 500 team, give me the Dolphins. I was a betting man. Give me the Dolphins. And, and uh, we'll go with that. The NFC East game, the Giants and the Commanders in Maryland. The Giants are so bad, y'all. The Giants are so, so bad. The Commanders are a team that's learning how to win right now. I like what Eric Bieniemy is doing. Sam Howell, go Tar Heels. He's having, he's having a decent season. I think he leads the league in passing yards. Yeah. 17 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 2,700, almost 2,800 yards passing. Give me the Commanders over the Giants. Titans, Texans. <sighs> Will Levis gets another start. Give me Ter oh, Terrence. Give me Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars over the Titans. Cardinals, Texans. Let's go, C.J. Stroud. My boy. My boy, C.J. Stroud, if he continues on this path, maybe the first Ohio State quarterback ever to go to the Pro Bowl. I think right now he's a front runner of Rookie of the Year. Yeah? If he gets Rookie of the Year, he's probably going to the Pro Bowl, right? Uh, MVP discussion is tough. That's a tough discussion to be in. Um, I think Rookie of the Year, but to be in the MVP category – if he can get this team, if he can get this team about five and four right now, so what's that, nine, eight more games, nine more games? If he can get this team to ten wins and a first-round playoff win, it's going to be tough not to put him in that conversation. But that's, that's, I mean, right now for me, if I had to do an MVP type of situation, this is on the top of my head right now. I put, I put Tyreek Hill. I put A.J. Brown. I put Lamar Jackson. Tua. Dak. Am I missing anybody? Patrick Mahomes. That will be my list in no particular order, but those will be the guys on my list. And C.J. Stroud, is, is, he's floating in the vicinity, but he's not quite there. But give me the Texans over the Cardinals. Niners versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Cali. Niners dominating this game all the way. Bills, Jets. I packed you up, Bills. I packed you up. And I think, I think this week the, the, the whispers get louder and louder and louder and louder in Buffalo. Head coach, your quarterback, it get loud. Zach Wilson has a little elbow injury. He said he's, he's going to rock. The Bills may win this game, but I'm not picking them. Give me the New York football Jets. In this game up at Orchard Park in Buffalo, Seattle Rams, Seahawks, another quiet, sneaky team. Geno Smith, Pete Carroll, 6-3. They're a sneaky bunch. Sneaky, sneaky bunch. Give me the Seahawks over the Rams. Viking Broncos. Give me the fighting Josh Dobbs. Let's go. Let's go. TJ Hawkinson is, is quietly going on a, on a little tear right now. 681 yards, four touchdowns. Give me the give me the Vikings over the Broncos in Denver. Justin Jefferson questionable as well. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. He, he, he could be back. I mean, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he's back, great. Sometimes, but you know what? This, this gonna, I know this is about to sound absolutely insane. I know it is what I'm about to say is about to sound insane. But hear me out. At times, especially when you're a backup quarterback and you're learning the system, you're trying to figure things out, when you don't have a guy like Justin Jefferson, because in the back of your mind, you think like we think. Where's Justin? And sometimes you may overthink it or try to force in the ball, and sometimes you may miss some other things happening because you're still trying to learn the offense. It's not like when it's Kirk Cousins where he kind of fully understands and knows everything and he can take those chances. When you're playing this backup role, it's sometimes better to keep that guy – Not. I know it sounds crazy. Like You don't want one of the best receivers in the world on your – I know it sounds insane, but sometimes just the, the thought process of it all, I have to make plays other places and I fit more into the system because sometimes you can get to that mode of just when all else fails, find that all pro. And you throw the ball there and you go, ah, I missed that guy. Ah, forced it in there. And then sometimes he's in the game, and he's in your ear like, hey, I, hey, listen, if you get in trouble, throw it to me. And they say that, trust me, you get set in the huddle. Hey, hey, come, hey, hey, look, come come to me. Yo, 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 come on, come on. You're like, okay, okay, okay. I don't, I mean, this is Justin Jefferson. I don't want to piss him off because he, if I piss him off, I don't sit well with the coaches, I may, I may be out of a job. So sometimes not having that star player when you're the backup, I know it sounds crazy. I'm telling you, I know, I know it sounds crazy. But sometimes that may work in the favor of the backup quarterback having more success because he's more susceptible to work within the system than saying, Justin down there somewhere. <clears throat> we'll see. Monday night football. This gonna be this is this this has the potential to be a barn burner. A preview. This a pre- yeah, a preview of the Super Bowl. Last year's Super Bowl. A rematch. Monday Night Football, the Philadelphia Eagles take on the Kansas City Chiefs. This is going to be a good football team. The Chiefs have not really figured this thing out offensively with their receivers. Yeah, Travis Kelly. Is Tay-Tay going to be in the building? If she's in the building, if you can guarantee me she's going to be in the building, that guarantees me 100 yards from, 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 from Travis Kelsey. If she's not in the building... I might pick the Eagles. My decision is hinging on Taylor Swift. Damn it, they did it to me too. She got the league. She got me. I'm taking the Eagles in this football game if Taylor Swift is not in attendance. If she's in attendance, tight football game, Chiefs edge it out at the end. That's my decision on that. That's what I'm going with. And for the Cowboys, Panthers, this is going to be a blowout, ladies and gentlemen. Like, this is going to be a blowout. This is another game that the Cowboys should be sitting in the fourth quarter. CeeDee Lamb is 25 yards from 1,000 yards. He's been on a tear. I think that tear continues. He's on a heater. That continues. I think that continues his, 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 his heater. He's on a heater, too. I think he continues to put that work together. Less interception though. I don't don't give me don't don't throw the ball away. Just throw the ball away six. Just 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 don't do that. Running game gets going. This is gonna be a bad football game. It's gonna be a bad game. I'm glad it's at twelve noon. Get it out the way. <laughs> get up. Get it out the way. Move on with our day. Cowboys win this game by a lot. I'm thinking somewhere along the lines of forty-two six. Yeah. I think they get an early field goal because the Cowboys sometimes be playing like they ain't got no sense on the road early in the games. They get a field goal and they get a field goal late. But this should, this 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 should be all for all intents and purposes. This should be an absolute um, blowout. So those are my picks uh, heading to this weekend. Tweet me, text me, hit me up Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Let me know what your thoughts are. Some of those picks, some of your teams. If I miss some of them, Bills, Bills, Bills Mafia. I packed you up. You go with the bills. Mafia. All y'all packed up. Big boxes. Good thick tape. Duct tape. Y'all not getting out these boxes. I'm telling y'all that right now. And I know y'all got to come in. We, what's that? Uh, we play y'all the 17th of December, whatever it is. It doesn't make a difference. All right, moving on to the NBA. 
I'm sorry, Adam Silver, but you have failed. David Stern is rolling over in his mausoleum. Does he have a mausoleum? I don't know. In his grave, in his casket, he might be cremated. His ashes are dancing on the mantle of someone's home. You have failed with this end tournament thing. I don't even know when the games are. I don't know what games are in tournament games. I don't know what games are regular season games. I, I, I don't know. I get the premise. You looked at the way the soccer did it, and you tried to bring that full circle and how this may play well in the NBA because you're trying to steal some views, some viewership, some audience looks from the NFL, from college football during the September, well, not September, but October, November slash December months. It don't work, bro. I get you got the fancy courts that the players don't even like. Players are like, man, there's dead spots in the floor. Ball don't bounce there. Floor is slick. You got to just say to yourself, at the end of the day, we tried, we failed. Then you got an exhibition game that don't count, but these games count towards the record. In the middle of December in Vegas, it's, it's, this is any time where you have to take a simple game and you make it complex and you make it confusing, you lose, folks. Anytime you take a game that people have learned to love and understand and that you, 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 you've kind of got your system about it and you start adding things that makes the game confusing, you lose, folks. People have confusing things going on every single day. They confuse because their kids won't listen to them and they're jumping off the damn walls. They confuse at the relationship that they're in with their spouse, whether that's man or woman, woman and wo whatever it is. People confuse at their jobs. They don't know if they're going to get fired. They don't know if they're going to work from home. They don't know none of that. They come to politics. They confuse about what's happening in politics. People come to sports as a relief. People come to sports to unclutter their minds from the things of the everyday confusion. People come to sports as a relief. But when you give me complex things that I have to figure out outside of the norm of what I'm used to, and it's not good, you lose me. My interest is gone. And this whole in-season tournament thing, mm. caca, poo-poo, it's bad. It, it, it is bad. Some courts look really nice, but I, I just don't know what I don't I don't know what you're trying to prove. The game is good. Basketball's fine. The league is in really good hands. It really is. It's in really good hands. Wimby, Maxi, uh, uh, Fox, Anthony Edwards. When Ja pew, pew, comes back, the league's in good hands. Let him play ball. Let him play ball. Let this be the last year y'all do this. You, you, you're, you're, you're making a game that people have loved complicated. Don't, don't, don't make basketball complicated. Don't make basketball complicated. Make basketball basketball. Leave the in-season tournaments to the European soccer people. No offense to you guys. I have my First Amendment right. To say what I want. <laughs> That's the theme of this week, my First Amendment right. But yeah, you failed. You, you, you failed NBA at this in-season tournament thing. Let it go. Pack this up in the good, sturdy boxes and never bring it back. Thank you. All right, man. Uh, baseball awards came out the other night. Kind of some that you already knew. Shohei Itani. AL MVP, second time. Unanimous.
two times. Shohei two times. As he begins to recover, had a great, his dog was there, great looking dog. Great looking dog. I mean, he's a big dude. Get a bigger dog. Get him, get a, let me not, let me not dog shame, because I got a big dog. I'm dog shaming. Uh, Shohei unanimous AL MVP. National League MVP. Young stud. MLB. Your league's really in good hands as well. A lot of young talent. Market them better. Market these dudes better. NL MVP, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Braves. Market these dudes better, man. Like, we should know about Ronald Acuna Jr. More people should know outside of just Atlanta Braves fans or baseball purists. What he did this year, 40 and 70. Nobody does 40 and 70. This dude should be plastered everywhere. Shohei, plastered everywhere. Market your players. Let, 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 let the faces be known. And the crazy part about it is, you play the most games. You have the opportunities to make these faces household names. Football has helmet on. It has helmet on. So no matter, no matter how much we want football to be marketed more, it's always going to be difficult, even though it's still the, the, the number one sports in North America. God's got helmets on. NBA, you see these freakish athletes, they, they become an international brand. The NBA now is a global brand. Baseball is an international brand. But you play the most games. Their faces are visible. They do things, actually, that most human beings can't do. People don't realize how hard it is to hit a baseball. How hard it is to throw a baseball from center field to home plate accurately. Hell, to throw from home plate to second place. Why a guy is stealing accurately. And you just don't market these guys good enough. Uh, Cy, Young, Cy Young Award winners in ALs, the Yankees pitcher, Garrett Cole. Blake Snell of the Padres in the NL, Cy Young. Managers of the year in the NL, Skip Schumacher of the Marlins and Brandon Hyde of the Baltimore Orioles. I know people are going to say, well, this should uh, – uh, Orioles did a remarkable thing, man. This, the Orioles is the team of the future. They, 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 you talk about in the future with the, with the Rangers, yeah, Houston will be there. Depending on where Shohei goes in the, in the future, that, that can shuffle some things up. Baltimore going to be there. Young foot, young football. Young baseball team, a lot of good things going in Baltimore. I think the Rangers kind of jumped up maybe a year, year and a half before they were supposed to. Same thing with, with with Baltimore. They're coming. Pause. But baseball's in good hands. Please. Medford, please. Just and I'm I'm not a baseball Purist, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and ever tell y'all that I, I am the most baseball influential person in the world. I know enough. I follow. I carry. But, man, there are some names that just should be more out there. It should be more household names. But while Bruce Bochy and the Rangers won the World Series, I got a little smoke. I got a little smoke. And this is not a home bias smoke. This is, I think this is just, this is real. I got smoke. Houston as a whole, as a city, I got a little smoke. First, y'all said that the Rangers celebrated a little bit too early before they won the World Series. Winning is tough. Don't tell me how to celebrate. Tell me how to how to galvanize my troops. That's one thing. So we already got smoke with Houston. And then, this is really offensive. And to the point where, like, people who hold votes or voting privileges for awards... There needs to be a higher standard, and I mean this in all sports, but we're talking about baseball. 
There needs to be a higher standard of how people go about setting, uh, uh, casting their votes. Because if you cast a vote and it's just mind-blowing, and you can tell that there's some bias in this thing, come on. So my smoke goes out to Jesus Ortiz. And, and, and Jesus, you're a smart dude, award-winning writer, the first Latino to serve as president of the Basketball Writers Association of America. What did I say? Basketball? Sorry, basketball. Excuse me. Baseball Writers Association of America. You've covered the league for a fairly long time. You've written books. But when you go as a voter for manager of the year and you have no votes, he's not even on your ballot the fact that Bruce Bochy is not on your ballot in what he did in year one with the Texas Rangers, like people like you, when you make, but you put, oh, you put Houston's on there, you put Dusty on there, and I'm not, this is not a shot at Dusty because Dusty's a, he's a great manager. He's done great things in this league. But how do you give Dusty a vote and you don't even have Bruce Bochy on your ballot? Turn this team around. 68 wins a year ago, 99 wins this year. Takes, and I know the votes have to be in before they, but but the, the, the significant change that happened throughout the year, and then you watched what happened in the playoffs all the way to a World Series. And for you to not to even have him on your ballot at all? 90 wins. Excuse me, 90 wins. To have him on your ballot at all? My boy, that's voting malpractice to my book. Don't have bias. Don't have city bias. Don't have team bias. Be fair. Be fair in what you do. Be authentic in what you do. When you have the right to vote, you don't, you, that, 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 your vote can matter in some areas. And when you do things like that, that means that you have a little bit of a poor integrity. And we've been, we've been seeing when it comes to reporters and integrity this week. Clarissa Thompson. Okay, shorty. But come on, man. Come on. Not to, ha not to have him on the ballot at all, that's bugging. You're bugging. You're bugging with that one right there, man. Come on. Don't, 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 don't let your bias show that much. Don't let your love for the hometown city show that much. I get it, but come on, man. Do better. Voters have, and this is not just you, you. We're talking about you right now, but there's voters in other sports that do the same thing. Sometimes, like, we, we need to get these voters' votes. They need to start rotating them because some of y'all have these votes for a little bit too long, and they don't, let, they don't let fresh blood come in a lot too often and get these votes. We got to do some sort of rotation. It's like presidency. Like, you, you, you got it for four years, you got to pass it up to somebody else. Because some of y'all, I don't know. But today we're talking about you, Ortiz. Do better on your vote. The Oakland A's are on the move. In 2028, they will be residents like an Usher concert. Uh, who, uh, I wanted to see that Usher show so bad. It's just so expensive. It's so expensive. Because if Usher serenade me like he's been saying that all the mother women, I ain't going to lie to you. My jaws might be wet too. I'm just saying. Now nah, I'm just playing. I'm playing. Pause. But the Oakland A's are on a move. They got one more year that they'll do in Oakland. Their lease is up after next baseball season. And then they'll be on the move to Vegas. Vegas has become the destination. Now, the funky thing in between is that they won't officially be in Vegas until 2028. So they'll do a dance around. They'll play in their minor league affiliates uh, stadium. They'll play some in San Francisco. But, but Oakland, what a horrible thing that you have done to the sports of your city. What a horrible thing that you've done. You lost the Raiders, and now you lost the A's. 
And the A's, some of this is up to the fans because y'all didn't show up. And the Warriors. You lost the Warriors, too. You lost the Warriors, too. Everybody has left this place because you refuse to give money from the city side to help build. But that's three. That's three major league sports that have left your city. Talk about taxes. When those big those big sport teams are in your titty, city, whoa, whoa, not in your titty. In your city. When those major sports teams are in your city, they eat up a lot of the property taxes for the people. So taxes can go, I know California already expensive as heck. But then there's jobs. There's marketing jobs. There's parking jobs. There's security jobs. There's staff jobs. There's cleanup jobs. I mean, there's jobs upon jobs upon jobs. And now three major city, three major league sports are out of your city. That's bad business. I don't know who's running all this, and I, I'm the wrong Holly to be in the politics. That's Jamel. That's my older brother. But it doesn't look good for the city. Because now, what, 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 unless you're from Oakland, what reason would you have to go to Oakland? No offense, E40. Ain't E40 from Oakland? Falejo. Falejo. No offense, my boy. Tell me when to go. No offense. I want no smoke with E40. I want no smoke with Unc E40. But what, what reason would you have to go to Oakland? I think he's a Giants fan anyways. <laughs> well, I know he's a Warriors fan, and I know he's a Niners fan. I remember seeing him uh, behind home plate of those Giants World Series. Yeah, he, I know. I see, I see him at the Niners games, and I see him at the Warriors games. Your beloved son doesn't even claim all the cities, the, all the teams in his city. Oh, Oakland, you're bad for business, man. You're bad for business. But the A's are on the move. They'll be in Vegas. Vegas is a spot. Vegas has figured this thing out. Vegas, Vegas was 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 a standalone city when it just came to the the, the partying and the gambling of the Strip. And then shout out to the to the Vegas Knights. They were kind of the first team that came in and said, you know what? We can take on this city. We can give this city something to cheer about as a, as a local team. And we'll make this a destination for even when visiting teams want to come. Their fans, like, we can make this thing pop. And they, they were the test site for this. Even when you look at the NBA Summer League, it was a test site to see can we get people to come into the city that aren't here for shows or gambling? Boxing, you saw that happening. It was, it was a place where we can bring and have events. Then you saw they had the, they had the, uh, the draft was there. And you had all these things saying, now this, the Knights, they got things rocking. The Vegas Aces, back-to-back. Uh, WNBA champions, their games be popping. And the home of the UFC. Oh, well. UFC. Okay. The home of the UFC, according to Tay. The home of the USC. UFC. UFC. Not USC. UFC. I've been bundling all things. All. I'm tired. It's been a long week. Not UNLV. I'm not, I'm Pack them jokers up. <laughs> Pack UNLV up. UNLV has more people come out when the NBA have pickup games than they actually do. <laughs> um, but yeah, now you got the Vegas Raiders there. They've cultivated their culture there. All the Oakland fans that used to be in Oakland are now coming to Vegas. If they can figure this coaching thing out and this quarterback thing out, they'll have something. I don't know if an NBA team will ever come. Maybe. They want to. They're late. No. They, were, they were first and they were like they did all star. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be crazy because I'm telling y'all, NBA, y'all don't know NBA players when they go into these cities, it is a wild situation. But next up, the Oakland A's will move there and we'll see how that goes. But baseball, if they go to Oakland, if they go to Vegas, make it happen. Blow that thing up, man. Make it a recognizable situation. Don't just send them there and then have nothing to go behind it. All right, man, that's it for me.
I appreciate you all for what you do, for being here, for supporting me. Remember, like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Notifications, Spotify, Apple, all over the place. YouTube, Fanatic Views. Hit me up on Facebook. Hit me up on Instagram. Hit me up on Twitter, at Mr. Fourth and Long. Any and everywhere. Because I love you. And I want you to love me too. But love me by hitting the like button. Like actually means love. If you hit the like button, that means you love me. If you subscribe, that means you really love me. So do all of that and show your love to me. Like I show my love to you each and every time. Remember, your habits will either carry you or fail you. I hate for them, I hate for you to find out in a situation where you really need them to carry you. I do. You should know that you know that you know that you know that you've built good enough habits that'll carry you through the tough times to success. Remember, never let anyone tell you that their life is better than yours because it's your life. Eliminate the contingencies. I'm out.